3: It's must-listen-to radio on Thursdays. It's sports talk. It used to be must-see TV. It's still must-listen-to radio. I'm Scott Bate with Lauren Tate. Thank you for being here. We go till 6 o'clock every weekday, 4 to 6, talking all things Illini area sports and more. And we're so glad you're along with us. You can join the program on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. And if we have time, we squeeze in calls on the phone line, 217-356-9397. Coming up, we'll chat with Matthew Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. A lot swirling around Illinois football right now. Colin Likas will check in on area high school hoops. Next hour, Scott Ritchie will join us to talk all things Illini. Evan Kahn's part of the second hour Half of the program, and we'll play two out of three in the five o'clock hour. So hang around for that if you want to be a contestant. We've got money for the Esquire, and I got four tickets to go to the Illinois men's game this Saturday against Alabama T. That is a one Alabama AM, I beg your pardon. That is a 1 p.m. pregame start, right? Is that what that is? Yes. Pre-game yes. start, and yes. then and then at and then and then at three p.m. the the ball will go in the air, and they'll play the basketball game. That's how that will go. The
1: most important thing that's going to happen Saturday is the two o'clock press conference with Coach Bielema. Yeah, we're going to learn. We uh, we don't know what we're going to learn yet, but we might learn who the next defensive who. At least we've we'll learned who the defensive coordinator is for the game. We should know that. Yeah, whether he'll tell us it's it's for the rest of the you know, the next year, that's another thing. But yep. that's big. And we also might find out whether Chase Brown's gonna play in the game, you know, whether who's gonna play in the game? Whether Swoon play in the game? Well yesterday you indicated that he wouldn't. I don't think he will.
3: Yeah. So uh,
1: But I don't I have it official.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine that he would. Well, I can't I don't it. have it I don't have any uh, hard information on that. I'm just thinking from a
1: pragmatic standpoint there are players out there are athletes out there who will just want to play regardless yeah there are that guy exists you may not know who he is but he does exist somewhere because Purdue doesn't have it <laughs> Purdue's lost four players and three are key the bet the the main three names on the Purdue football team are O'Connell Durham and Jones right yep and they're not playing nope and they jumped from about a five-point underdog against LSU. They're now a 14 and a half, And I say 14-and-a-half. It may be more than that by now. It's moving fast. They're two-touchdown underdog at least.
3: Their new head coach, Ryan <laughs> Walters, will be observing their practices for it, and he will be uh, obviously present and, and all that, but he won't be officially taking the reins until after the bowl game. In the meantime, though, Purdue has um, – some help in the assistant
1: coaching ranks from now, one. You're saying assistant coaching? That's not right. Okay. He's not going to coach Drew Brees. No, he's not coaching. He's just he's just there for recruiting.
3: Well, maybe I misread it. No, he, no,
1: you read it right. He's listed as an interim assistant coach, so that he can go out as the NIL leader and offer money, which he should, <laughs> surely surely wouldn't do, would he? No. He's the NIL leader who's also Going to be recruiting. He's in charge of recruiting right now.
3: He is a countable assistant.
1: Mm -hmm. Countable. Under
3: NCAA guidelines.
1: Because they've already lost several people that they can't replace.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he's out there running drills, but.
1: Well, I bet he he can be on the field like this if he wants to be, but this is all about recruiting.
3: That's a fact. So Ryan Walters, the former Illinois defensive coordinator now, has Drew Brees out there. Recruiting
1: for him. Just, I mean, you brought this up earlier. Off the not air. enticing. <laughs> well, you not brought this up d- off the. Air. He is in charge of their NIL for the Purdue University, and he's also coaching. My goodness, <laughs> is, is that is that going over the line or what?
3: Matt Stevens was uh, tweeting about that a little bit earlier. We're going to ask his thoughts on it uh, when, when that comes up. But I, I do want to uh, mention this. I'm going to read you some names from a list. Okay. Red Grange. Ooh. J.C. Caroline. Yeah. Dick Butkus. Okay. Dana Howard. Mm-hmm. Jay Lehman. That's not a complete list, but that's some of some football players for Illinois that were consensus All-Americans. And the entire list now has one more, officially. Witherspoon. Devin Witherspoon. He is the first for Illinois since Whitney Merciless in 2011. Your name is on a list with Red Grange and Dick Butkus and Jim Grabowski and Mo Gardner and Kevin Hardy and a bunch of others.
1: I've That's a really t- good company. I've got to tell you this. The season he had is one of the greatest that Illinois ever had since Brofsky. Defensively, there's been nobody that played quite as effectively as Witherspoon this season. He's sensational. Mm-hmm. It took us a while to figure it out, but he was he was great every game. And and the thing that made him great is they 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 they, they avoided him as whenever possible. But he made some huge hits, and that one interception run he made that return. Showed his athleticism, and athleticism I had no idea he had. I mean, he was tackled two or three times on that thing, and they couldn't get him down.
3: Led the nation, or leads the nation, as the season's not over, in reception percentage against. I'm assuming that's times the guy you're defending is targeted and how many times they actually catch the ball. So just about a third of the time. If you threw to somebody that Witherspoon was guarding He'd catch it, just a third of the time.
1: You know, forced incompletions. That's a really nation. tough thing to, to judge. I'd like to talk to the guy that does it. I mean, they're in zone defense a third of the time, aren't they? Probably. I mean, they're a percentage of the time they're in zone. How do you yeah. determine what's his responsibility? I mean, a guy comes in his area, then I suppose that becomes his responsibility. But that's really hard. I to I see when judge. they
3: stat, if they if you're a receiver, uh, and you know they stat it. They watch the play. Mm-hmm. Quarterback throws to you. Mm-hmm. They'll say caught or incomplete, and they'll also stat who had coverage, mm-hmm. who was close to it. Yeah. So
1: I understand what they're doing. I think it's a really tough job.
3: Yeah. Yeah, There's probably it's probably a little bit of a gray area.
1: You're doing this against players all over the country, and you're trying to tell me that somebody has seen every game or, or he has somebody watching every game, and they're all judging it the same. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not.
3: Well, it's like assists in basketball. Well, hits and errors in baseball. You know, I mean, there's a little uh, okay, bit. There's some judgment. But
1: this is a lot more difficult than those things. I mean, you know what? If, if I throw the ball to you and you make a basket, that's an assist. Yeah. I know. But you know, they, they do it right in hockey. If I kick the puck to somebody and he kicks it to somebody else and the guy scores, I get an assist too.
3: Mm-hmm. Two assists. That and that should be there should be some of that in basketball because yeah. sometimes yeah. it's the first it's pass that
1: the first pass just, just somebody covers on that, that and then or they, thir- they leave somebody else open yeah
3: yeah but anyway uh, Devin Witherspoon officially an all American consensus and uh, the ni- in 1950 the NCAA uh, compiled the first uh, official co- comprehensive roster of all time all Americans Illinois' list goes back to 1914. So a tremendous accomplishment, and Illinois with a number of solid players. And
1: You said it went back to 19-what?
3: Uh, Illinois' list that they have here of consensus All-Americans goes back to 1914.
1: McCumber. And do you know why he could not play in the Rose Bowl in in 1914? You're talking about Bart McCumber? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know why he couldn't? No. Because they were having chariot races that year. Come again? The Rose Bowl did not have a football game from 1904 to 1915, they had chariot races each year. They had a football game that was so lopsided in, in 1903 that they decided the next year to follow the, the parade with the chariot races. And they did that for 11 years or 12, 1904, 1915. And then in 1919, Navy came in during the war, and guess who was the MVP? Had a 78-yard interception return that, it Exists today as the longest interception return in Rose Bowl history by George Hallis.
3: No notes in front of him, my friends. No notes.
1: <laughs> well, everybody knows about George. Don't they? Well, I know you know.
3: Everyone knows about George Hallis. Well, he scored.
1: He scored. A, he didn't score on that, by the way. He yeah. scored a touchdown on a thirty-five yard reception, but he didn't score on that. On that uh, return.
3: The reason the Bears have orange and blue in their color schemes. George Hallis. Illinois. And his connection to Illinois.
1: But just think, George Hallis was here, and then he went to the Navy and starred for the Navy in the Rose Bowl in 1919.
2: Oh.
3: Well, if the Rose Bowl was willing to forego the Rose Bowl for chariot races, they can't get upset about the college football <laughs> playoff ruining their tradition. That's all I'm well, going to say. Well, there
1: might not be anybody left from that group of people that decided that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Anyway, that's some of the big stuff uh, of of the day. Uh, the volleyball, Final Four, gets uh, started tonight. There's no Big Ten team in it. And did you know that uh, there's not been a female head coach that's won the national championship? So Never? Uh,
1: not, not to my understanding. I'm uh, surprised that somebody from the Big Ten didn't get in there. Yeah. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Penn State, somebody.
3: Uh, Penn State was relatively down, but yeah, Wisconsin okay. or Nebraska... Uh, they got Ohio State got to the Elite Eight, but didn't, didn't make it through. So, but anyway, anyway, uh, Louisville's got a good chance. Danny Busboom Kelly is their head coach there. We'll talk to Matt Stevens. By the
1: way, Louisville won a basketball game last night. Did you hear
3: about that? That's why the Earth was shaking. <laughs> they were 0-9 going in. Did you see UCLA and Maryland? Maryland well, had
1: when I turned that on. The score was 61 to 24. Maryland
3: just looked abysmal. They couldn't make a basket. There's something about this time of year. There's something about this time of year for teams. And I think I think you get through about you're about a third through your season. I think the the magic at the beginning of the season is over. It's finals. It's dark. It's 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 hard. And I think I think it's there's a point where the where teams start to lose a little bit of focus and energy and they they'll get it back. A lot of them get the ship righted over the break and into the new year. And then but I think it's hard to be that good all the time. And maybe
1: but that's really bad.
3: Maryland played horrible. <laughs> that was the... And you're thinking about it, this was in Maryland, UCLA from one coast to the other. In the future that'll be a conference game by the way. That was made official last
1: night. It really was and that was a interesting vote 11 to 5. bring them in but there's no way that that wasn't going to happen that had to happen because they were going to get in a whole bunch of trouble legally if they try to pull them out after they had been accepted by the Big Ten and by the TV networks Mm -hmm. those those (laughs) those uh, schedules have been set now the TV schedules
3: we'll talk to Matt Stevens when we return Illini family this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green we're in action this Sunday listen in on News Talk 1493.9 FM bragging rights season will start next week I know there's an, an initiative for uh, most of the Illinois teams to play Missouri and that has uh, become more and more prevalent now just bas- basketball I think volleyball's done it the tennis teams do it. Baseball and softball do it. So the first uh, brag and rights game for basketball will be with the women on Sunday. Matt Stevens writes for IlliniGuys.com. He joins us uh, remotely today on the line here on Sports Talk. Matt, good afternoon to you. Hey, Matt, do we have you? i not try one more time. Sounds quiet.
1: <laughs> Matt, Matt doesn't have much to say today. Yeah. Ta-da, ta-da. <laughs> All right. Hey, say something smart. Me? Yeah, you. I don't know anything. Okay. I was going to bring up the Brown brothers. Okay. Sydney and Chase Brown. Sydney and Chase, and I have been under the I've been under the idea that, well, they probably will go together, but here's my point. Chase and Sydney aren't going to be together next year under any circumstances. They're not going to be together. Yeah, I mean they're, they're they're going to be on different teams. So I would assume that Chase would make an independent decision because Sydney can't come back. Okay, Chase can come back. He could have another year at running back yeah. the, for the University of Illinois, and I'm being, I'm hearing that he might they might be able to arrange an NIL situation that would be very good for him. Even though he's from Canada, if he can get the visa fixed, uh, I'm not sure what it would take for this to happen. But if it could happen, he might make a pretty good sum here, income that is, off the NIL, as opposed to the NFL, which he'd probably make more in the NFL, I suppose, if he can make a team.
3: Chase Brown named the best collegiate player from Canada yesterday he won that yep. award all right we're going to try again see if we got the squirrel off the line matt stevens do we have you
0: hey guys how we doing sorry yeah. about that no
3: that's all right uh things happen that way glad to have you here aboard boy there's some things to be uh um looking into this week if you're on the illinois beat and basically on the college football beat which is this is supposed to be a quiet week right <laughs>
0: yeah we've had some we, it's been a week and what is it thursday like uh it's Feels like it's been about a month, so yeah, we've had some stu- we've had some stuff to talk about.
3: Yeah, well, obviously Ryan Walters continues to be the topic of conversation or the impact of him leaving. Um, <clears throat> but I because I, you brought this up today, and we were mm-hmm. kicking around at the top of the show. Can you wrap your head around this? Drew Brees, the great and former Purdue quarterback, is. Now a countable assistant coach for Purdue temporarily, but he's also, well, he's a booster and he's um, heads up their NIL initiatives, and boy, that seems to be uh, mixing your 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 side dish with your main dish and your, <laughs> and, you know, and just kind of making it a casserole all together there. And I'm, are, 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 is that okay? Are we allowed to do that now?
0: Drew seems to be wanting to jump through a lot of hoops in order to coach the quarterbacks for like a couple of weeks, maybe before they play a glorified exhibition game against LSU. Um, the the academic building for athletes at Purdue has his name on it because he is one of the biggest boosters at Purdue. Uh, before the opener. This year against Penn State, he stood at he, he, he stood at Bruno's Pizza in West Lafayette and declared himself the CEO or general manager of the Boilermaker Alliance uh, LLC that is is essentially now the uh, the the collect NIL collective of, of Purdue. I guess he'll he'll step away from that for a few weeks so he can coach. Uh, whoever Purdue is going to put out at quarterback, who apparently is not going to be Aiden O'Connell against LSU, and so that that I, I don't I, I don't have a good explanation for this. I, I don't understand how Drew Brees for two weeks can go not be the not be the organization leader for the collective at Purdue and be able to go into houses and recruit for Purdue, and then two weeks later being able to do that again. I, 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 look, I, I I've, I've 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 now become. Understanding of the idea that this is the Terrence Mann character in the Field of Dreams, where he pulls out the crowbar and tells Kevin Costner, "Hey, rules! There are no rules here," you know. <laughs> um, and so that's that's basically where we are now.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm confused by the whole thing because I I thought he was just going to be involved in recruiting as opposed to coaching. I assumed that that uh, Brahms' brother, who is the offensive coordinator, was going to run the quarterbacks. Uh, and for this bowl game, you're you're telling me that you think uh, breeze is gonna be out there, huh?
0: Breeze is going to be a countable assistant for this bowl game if if everybody is telling the truth in West Lafayette. And um again, Lauren, I, I, I you know I get you know you get frustrated when I say this, but when you when you talk to me about, you know, what are like what things are allowed to be able to do, I, mm. I always look at you and give you a two word response. Says who. That's right. um, and, and that's I don't get frustrated.
1: I believe I, I take it. Yeah, well, I believe that's, everything that's, you tell me. Really, <laughs> that's,
0: that's where we are now. Is like, hey, yeah, yeah. That's not supposed to be against. That's not supposed to be. You know, I, that's that's supposed to be against the rules. And I, I'm I just now going to really permanently look at people and go, says who?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's it's a strange world with, that we're entered into. What is long term? As you look ahead, you've already call this an exhibition. What is the viability future of the bowl system with the college playoff expansion? What do you see coming five years, 10 years?
0: Uh, I think that they're glorified exhibition games. I think that they're no different than preseason NFL football games. I don't see any reason why a kid would really want to play in them. I don't see any reason why um, the Bulls obviously will will expand. I mean, I, I we talk all the time about, uh, you know, I think in the last 20 years there are more Bulls than there were 20 years ago.
1: Oh, yes, double. Like,
0: right. So I don't think that's going to happen because you're taking some of those Bull games and now making them what? Quarterfinal games, semifinal games.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: And so now those games that aren't involved in those 12-team playoffs, I don't understand why anybody would want to go play in them. Um, if you're, you know, worried about getting hurt, I, I, again, the whole idea of, uh, of you know, getting hurt in a, in a glorified exhibition game, uh, I, I go back to, I'm, I'm failing on his name right now, and I used to have it on the top of my head, but there was a Notre Dame player basically that was a top five pick. Everybody knew it. He got hurt in the bowl game that they played against Ohio State. And he got and he dropped to like the middle of the second round, and he lost millions upon millions mm-hmm. of dollars. Everybody, everybody saw that, mm-hmm. and everybody understands that. Um, I don't see it going in a direction where you know if you're a if you're a junior or a senior and you have any kind of professional football dreams whatsoever, you're going to want to play in this bowl game. That means absolutely
1: okay. Not. Let me ask you the next question then. Take every, first of all, there have been 21 more bowl games since 2000, all right? Mm-hmm. Doubled it. Now, mm-hmm. that being the case, each, let me say that each team will now take four guys, or let's say each team will take three guys off their team and not play in the bowl games. Everybody will do that. Right. How will that hurt the bowl games? I, was, I mean, they're still playing. You, you've got you've got NAI playing a sixteen game tournament. These guys like to play foot. There are people that like to play football.
0: Well, yeah, ESPN has to have something to put on during the Christmas season, right? And That's right? an absolute. That's a from a television window standpoint. That's an easy way to get yourself from January, December twentieth to January first.
1: So will In the bowls of- continue to be viable?
0: I don't, I don't, I don't see how they are. But then I, I always look at the, uh, at the television ratings of bowl games, and I'm shocked at the millions upon millions of people that will watch the, you know, uh, whatever bowl game is played in, whatever they're calling the bowl game in Montgomery, Alabama, now, um, in the middle of December. Um, how many people watch you know, the holiday bowl? Um, and and I, 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 say that because I mean, again, you know, the the, the worldwide leader, the four letter network um, has to have something to put on on the okay. evenings of December 28th or there or December 22nd. And so I think that's, that's where they become viable, but I, I have no earthly idea what kind of roster people are going to be able to put up, put well, in these games. Honestly, today there was a big wall street journal story about what's going on about what you're actually going to be watching in those types of bowl games and how it might not be any different than what you're watching with preseason NFL games, which they've already cut back from four to three this year.
1: Yeah, well, there are still 10 proposed bowl bidders, 10 more places, including Wrigley Field in Chicago, which I hear is still interested in a bowl game, and St. Louis wants a bowl game, Ireland wants a bowl game, There are still places that want more bowl games and they've actually had to cut it off because otherwise you're going to send teams with with losing records to these bowl games. They've had to cut it off.
0: If I'm not mistaken, the last time they tried to play a college football game at Wrigley Field they, they, <laughs> <had to laughs> they were one way direction. <laughs> so like I don't really understand how even with the with the renovations of Wrigley Field, yeah. they still find the dimensions well enough to be able to put a football game together
3: so, i th- I think Purdue and um, Northwestern played what was that last year I think right. they've since they, rectified they, the they, issue
1: they' changed the uh yeah,
0: okay, but I mean again. Wonderful, wonderful winter trip for you know sub- like, suburban <laughs> Chicago for That's anybody right. that like. Yeah, I mean, like, tried convincing some Arizona State fan that going to going to Wrigley Field on June or December twenty seventh is a really good idea.
1: They'd have to send Minnesota. They'd be, they'd be going south.
0: <laughs> Something I have no earthly idea. I don't. I don't. I, I still don't know the viability of wanting to like have two teams play in an open air press box in yankee stadium and how that is uh, how. and i'm not talking about from us but like from an open air stadium in yankee stadium on in the end of december is a a great reward for anybody that wants to go watch another football game so yeah i i I don't understand the viability of bowl games i don't think that they as we increase the playoff i don't think we, we they have viability for me it would be like if if the NFL wanted to stage a tournament of the teams that didn't play in bowl games, uh, or, uh, stage a tournament of the team that didn't make the playoff, like, would you watch those games? I look, I, I the, the sport is kind of like drugs. Like eventually people will find it if they want football that badly, but I don't know how that, how that works, you know? And so I don't know, I don't know if the viability of these bowl games beyond what's in a playoff is, is, is going to be much longer.
3: Matt, on the uh, defensive coordinator search, Uh if there is a search, Brett Bielma earlier said that we've been planning, anticipating for Ryan Walter's departure. It's all that's been talked about since he was here, that he would soon be a head coach somewhere. Maybe a little surprising to some that he ends up at Purdue, but this was a situation that was anticipated. Um, So what do you imagine... Um, has to take place between Walter's departure and, and naming something if this is something Illinois has planned
0: for. Well, it is something that Brett Bieleman in Illinois has planned for only because I know people like myself have been asking him about it for the better part of two years. Um, Ryan, Ryan interviewed with Colorado twice before like this Purdue thing happened. Ryan's been a viable candidate at other places, and I'm damn happy for him, but... Um, Look, here's the deal. I think everybody kind of understands what the internal candidate or who the internal candidate is. Like, everybody kind of understands, like, if, if, if it's not an, an outside-the-box hire by Brett Bielema, you're just handing the baton to Kevin Kane and then saying, hey, this is your new defensive coordinator. We'll go look for a safeties coach to fill out that 10th spot. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily gotten off track. But I do think that there are a couple of people, specifically guys that are on our hot board at guys, com that are currently outside the Smith Center in Champaign that Brett Bielema has to go talk to for no other reason than I think prof- it would be professional malpractice on his part if he didn't go ask certain people, you know, I'm, I.E. Jim, Jimmy Leonard, I.E. Chris Ash, if, if they are viable candidates in 2023 to be the Illinois defensive coordinator. But I do also think that, the, that Kevin Kane is sitting there as a, as a previous FBS coordinator where he was an, a coordinator at SMU under an offensive minded head coach named Sonny Dykes, who's in the playoffs this year, um, at TCU, that, that it's a viable option to just hand the baton to Kevin and let it kind of, trickle down that way but um there's a there's there's multiple directions that brett can go and i think that he's he's thought about these things but i don't until he sits in a room with jimmy leonard or sits in a room with chris ash and you know you know talks this out i don't think that he's necessarily doing himself or the program the the best possible way to um doing doing the best thing for the program and himself unless he he, he looks at those options but I think he knows that, that the, the viability of Kevin Kane is always going to be there.
3: Yeah, I mean, they 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 seem to have a glut of riches when they first assembled this coaching staff defensively. So he Brett Bielma seemingly, you know, depending on what Chris Ash and Jim Leonard's interests are, he seems to have options rather than being in a corner. And even if he is only in one option with Kevin Kane – I mean, this is a guy that's been a Power 5 coordinator already and, and many people think highly of.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, a guy who's been an FBS defensive coordinator under Sonny Dykes, which which means you have autonomy on that side of the ball and I'm going to let you do what you do. If Brett is being honest with everybody, that's what Ryan Walters had. And, and while it was a group effort among Bielema, Walters, Kevin Kane, Andy Boo, who have all been FBS coordinators and, and – Three of which have been Power Five coordinators. Kevin Kane being the only one who hasn't been a coordinator at a Power Five school.
3: My, my um, bad, I misspoke because I was no, thinking about. Good. Good. I was that thinking, was thinking about Kansas, but he wasn't a coordinator there.
0: Sure, but he was. It was a group effort the yeah. last two years. I'm one of those four guys, um, and so I think you understand that if you go that direction, you feel good about it. But if if you can get somebody who. My industry sources from Jimmy Leonard tell me that the three-letter league is more viable for him, maybe even college football next year. Go, Pack go. Um, and then you go with Chris Ash, who you haven't worked with for a decade, but you had a lot of success with at, at Wisconsin. And then you brought him from Wisconsin to Arkansas when you left for Fayetteville. Um, I think that you have an option. There. The, 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 the viability there of all three of those people are, are what Brett Bielen was talking about with Hey, I, I, uh, you know, I've been looking. I've been thinking about this for a while because Ryan. Eventually, we all knew Ryan was going to be a head coach. That was where I think that quote comes from. And then there's the idea that guys, remember when Brad was putting the staff together? There were multiple interviews that happened over for the defensive coordinator position. I happen to know for a fact that while he interviewed Ryan Walters, he also interviewed Jimmy Knowles, who's now the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. And he interviewed Josh Conklin, who ended up being the head coach at Wofford at that point. So so I think that from what I was told the other day, like this is going to be a multiple – we're talking to multiple people situation before we, uh, like I said, hand the baton to Kevin Kane if that's the direction they go.
1: Makes you wonder who would fit best with the staff that they have there now, which I think would probably lean you a little bit toward Kane. But uh, nevertheless – Well, Chris
0: I, Ash well, – the right. funny thing about that is that Chris Ash was the – was the position coach and the guy who recruited Aaron Henry to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody that knows Aaron Henry better than, than Chris Ash, I, I would I, I, I don't think there is on the planet other than maybe Brett Arnold Bielema. Um so again, I think that when, when you look at some people, the, the 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 con to you know, as I put on our hotboard, the con on Chris Ash is that the forty two year old Brett Bielema is not the same kind of guy that we're dealing with now within the 52-year-old Brett Bielema. And, and if you talk to any industry sources, they will tell you exactly that. And when, So when you haven't worked with Chris Ash for 10 years, we're now talking about probably two different people on both sides, meaning mm-hmm. Brett Bielema and Chris Ash. So, but I think that industry-wise, I think, and, and where you want the direction of the program to go beyond you know 2023 and multiple years, and what you have to offer from a financial package standpoint as a defensive coordinator at the University of Illinois now, because of what you were going to, what we all kind of understood that Ryan was going to sign for after if this all shook out, and he was still the defense coordinator at Illinois. I think you have to basically understand if you're Brett but I have to I have to look at every possible option, and not just do the obvious thing, which is you know promote the promote the inside line or the outside linebackers coach, and associate head coach because that's that's we we've, we've got some things to think about about the future of the program.
3: My other. Th- the other factor I wonder about this whole thing is does any of the current staff for Illinois end up going to Purdue?
1: Me too. I,
0: I I think there's a possibility of that. But I also think that Brett underst because here's 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 the other thing, and I've told this to other people. It has been such a rare bird for Illinois that they've been able to keep this thing together as well as they have. I think I think Bielema understands also that this was bound to happen one way or another, whether it was Ryan Walters going to Purdue or some of his other guys, like a Kevin Kane, or a, or a, even an Aaron Henry, become coordinators somewhere else. So I think he understands that um, when Brett talks about and puts that quote out together, I remember asking him. I think it was before it was either before the Northwestern game or it was uh, yeah it was it was before the Northwestern game because he was coming back from the funeral of his mom, and I asked him about you know what he would do in, 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 uh, and I was asking him specifically about Ryan. But he gave me an answer about look. I've got a list in my desk drawer, pers- you know, or, or in my back pocket of everybody that I would want. Top three guys that if if mo leaves as my defensive court, a defensive line coach. Top three guys if Bart Miller were to leave and become a coordinator, and I need an offensive line coach. That's that's where I, I tell people like Brett Bielema is not only thinking about six months from now or two years from now, but also five years from now, and so. That's where that quote comes from when Ryan left is that, hey, I've got a plan and I've always had a plan if I have to fill, you know, fill in the fill in the job here.
3: Well, Matt, I'm glad there's something here to distract you from your holiday shopping. All right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no kidding. Jeff Bezos and Amazon's doing a hell of a job because I can't go. I can't really leave anywhere right now in terms of holiday shopping. So, yeah.
3: Lauren, remind him of your size.
1: Of my what? Of my Your size? size.
3: 34 long. Okay, there you go. Got it. So if you're getting him something, <laughs> there it is. Matt, we appreciate you jumping on as always. And, uh, have- yeah, we'll see you around for uh, media stuff this weekend.
0: Yeah, you guys have a good one. I appreciate it. All
3: right, Matt Stevens from com. You can follow him at Matthew C. Stevens on Twitter. And, as I said, they, uh, they're they going into the candidates as well. What's going on with the prep scene? Our friend Colin Lycus is here with us right after this. You're listening to Sports Talk
0: on DWS. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Hey Illini family, it's Brad Underwood. We'll see you Saturday at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off. Right
3: here on DWS. Sports Talk rolling along. First hour here, Scott and Lauren. Colin Lycus has a uh, moseyed in, getting your buggy put together. Is that right?
2: Something like that. Yeah, I'm aren't sure you the, headed uh, down to Arthur. I'm sure the folks down south would probably, <laughs> probably combat that assertion. But uh, well, yeah, I'm you, not. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. to. The, the Amish are certainly present down in the Arthur area. Though. No, I <laughs> well, knew what I you just were, would. I yeah, knew what you were getting. Yeah,
3: at. I'm. I, think you could take one if you wanted to
2: i uh, the weather's miserable though so i think it would be it would be miserable to be riding down and what i've seen though those things with
1: the horses carrying them they get going so fast oh, along yeah. along the i gotta tell along you the roads i went down to arthur during the height of the pandemic mm-hmm. the height of the pandemic went into that restaurant there and it was just like it never happened oh, oh yeah. sure sure
2: yeah i'm curious to explore more of the that space i won't have time tonight but yeah i am going down to arthur tonight uh having a chat with future illinois athlete caden fagan and his mother looking forward to how's that he feeling what's that how's he feeling he's healthy as far as uh, well i guess I, I i really haven't heard since his um since he left their second round playoff game exactly what that situation is so hopefully i'll be able to shed some light on that later today is yeah. he enrolling immediately? He's enrolling at the halfway point, yeah. So he's going to be graduating here very shortly. If so he he'll has be here for already. spring practice. That's correct. Yep, that was his plan. So unless mm-hmm. unless I find out tonight that he changed his mind, yes, that, that was the plan initially. And uh, there is a, a, a high school basketball abounding mm-hmm. right now as well in December. The holiday tournaments aren't too far away. Yeah, we already have some going on, some that tend to happen before Christmas. There's even one out in St. Teresa that... Starts before Christmas and then ends after Christmas, so a unique little setup there. But I'll be uh, kind of doubling up tonight, going down to Arthur to talk to Caden and then traveling a little bit north to Tuscola to... See, Cola Wars, girls' basketball, Arcola 6-1, and Tuscola 11-0, and so it should be a really good girls' basketball game tonight. Is
1: Are the Cola Wars over in football?
2: As of right now, yes. They're not scheduled to play each other next season in football. I assume they would always like to get each other on the schedule, but with conferences being as jumbled as they are, it's, it's tough.
1: I always have this interest in Central Centennial Urbana mm-hmm. playing St. Joe Unity yeah. and losing to them, and now it appears that it's clear, and how long has it been clear, that the that the county schools have been better than the city schools?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say clear because, you know, there are always times when the, the bigger schools are capable of pulling off a win. I mean, Champaign Central is leading a good portion of the game against uh, Tolono Unity on, on Tuesday in boys basketball before Unity came back in the second half and won. But, uh, yeah, just... Um, yeah, it's just the way it's been the last few years. I mean, in St. Joe's case, you've got a kid like Ty Pensley in the way. I mean, none of the none of the city schools have a kid like that on their roster right now. So it's cyclic, in my opinion. I mean, there might be a time in the very near future where Union or St. Joe maybe is on a little bit of a downtrend, and Centennial and Central are looking up.
1: Well, let me just say that for the first 60 years of my life, it was not cyclical. Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know if'm I'm, I'm getting the right numbers but but uh,
3: well maybe it's 60 year cycles it might be
1: 70 <laughs> it's, it's like Haley's comment it's very possible <laughs> but I mean there was a time when you just didn't think about sure and I when Monticello beat beat uh since uh, beats champagne high school in 1950 mm-hmm. that was the first time and the only time they beat them for years and decades and decades
2: i think one thing that's certainly changed is you're seeing more people move out of the city or just not move mm-hmm. into the city at all and they just move into these smaller communities for whatever reason they might have and so there's maybe a bigger talent pool outside of the the main city that there used to be I saw the
3: IHSA is looking for some verification because they have potential mother-son <laughs>
2: combination of both achieving 1,000 points in their career. Really? Yeah, mother-son or mother-daughter, uh, either one, yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty interesting one. It, it, there, the opportunities for that aren't as great as you would think because the IHSA women's basketball scene is not that old in the grand scheme of things. We're talking late 60s, early 70s when it got its debut, so... There's not a a wide swath of of instances where that could really happen, especially because when women's basketball first debuted for the IHSA, there's no three-point line at that point either, so it's harder to score 1,000 points. Um, I'd have to do some research, definitely, to see if that's something that's happened around here. That's pretty
3: remarkable. By the way, Matt Daniels spotlighting Ty Pence, who uh, does have a shot to set a school record for St. Joe in the career points. He's,
2: uh, He's about to pass up Rick Schmidt. Yeah, it's a good good name, but uh, Brandon Trimble still holding down the fort, currently at Lindenwood, and uh, he's a very talented athlete when he was at St. Joe, still talented at the college level right now, but uh, Ty, you know, if he keeps having games like he did Tuesday night, I watched him against Danville, that was a quality game, he was the toughest team that St. Joe's seen so far this season, toughest competition, and uh, Ty stepped up to the plate, he was a perfect 11 of 11 from the free throw line and finished with 35 points, uh, if you keep doing stuff like that, he'll get closer to Trimble quicker than anybody would expect, I think. Yeah. The
3: future if uh, if Illinois
1: state If he keeps state going like or, that, yeah. would he be a possibility for a decommit to go higher? I I don't know. I, I mean, I, Illinois State's a good school. Sure,
2: sure. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I don't know if that's something that's entered his thought process at all i mean he signed with illinois state so at this point i don't think there's anything he could do to, to change that but uh, if he certainly had, he's only
3: committed for a year we yeah, all know yeah you
2: know. <laughs> yeah if he's as far as future i mean obviously once he gets there and has the actual experience beyond what you see as a commit which is all you know rose tinted glasses and things like that maybe he will change his mind well, I, I, I I bet bet and want to watch
1: watching they got rod cardinals kid
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you never you never do know All right. Well, safe travels down
3: to uh, Arthur, and we'll look forward to your article on Keaton Fagan. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks much. That's Colin Likas on the prep scene. We'll transition out of this hour in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, inside of Eye
1: Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who will tell you there's one player who Brad Underwood is good with. Sincere Harris.
3: Lauren, you've done so well today. We'll give you the day off tomorrow. All right, I need it. But Saturday, you're gonna have to work double shift. Okay. Saturday sports talk and pregame, and you 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 One hold up your end. Two, I won't be there now. Two so o'clock
1: I'm, we've uh, got the uh, Beal. Uh, uh, three o'clock we got a tip off. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a, lot, of, a, lot, a lot, you lot, a lot of
3: stuff going Saturday. Do not just put your feet up. All right. I need you working hard. Show some leadership. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> WDWS Champagne urbana Hour 2 is coming up. Talk to you in a
1: minute. Who's doing that? Who's-